What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Forever. Dog. You guys had any Valentines? How y'all feeling about love? Well, we're both wiped up. Uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had a nice Valentine's Day. We we both we said we weren't going to give each other stuff. And then I overheard my wife talking to her mom <laughs> about something and I was like, she got me something. Then I like laugh. Really <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. We like decided not to do it. <laughs> That's a oh. trick. It's a it's a test, guys. Don't ever fall for it. Yeah. I, I know. I always yeah. I mean that happens sometimes. And I do feel like Tessa does mean that when she says it, but I'm all but I'm still but then if she gives me a kit, but it's just it's it just doesn't feel good. <laughs> no. I'm like, no, it's like, oh, can't. I should have, I should have done that too. I yeah. should have already been thinking to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I always feel like it's so funny because I, I, I always feel like when I watch like romantic movies, even if it's like if if it's like a pure romance or a romantic comedy, it's it's always there's so many things that go into relationship. It always feels like so personal like whatever is happening on screen i'm always like judging people so harshly and then judging myself as well and then judging who what they're saying about it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think i feel that way too i was that way watching this for sure it was like my cinderella story yeah i felt like it was just so beautiful and i really connected to it i mean i'm gonna go back really quickly and let you know that my valentine's day gift was stolen so i ain't getting that for valentine's day the mailman don't know where it is no one knows where it is i tried to check it down so i didn't get no valentine's so watching sylvie's love yesterday just reconnected all those dots for me um because i ain't getting no love and so i was feeling the love yeah wait you know that the gift was coming right and, but that, well, that it didn't wasn't delivered. Yeah, because I'm from New York, and the guy I'm dealing with is in New York. So he gave me a tracking number the day before. Like, <laughs> here's the tracking number, and it came supposedly on the 15th because it didn't come on Valentine's Day. You know, y'all men be doing stuff late. He tried to make an excuse. He sent me the tracking number <laughs> on Valentine's Day, and then it, it was supposed to come the next day. It said it was delivered. I mean, I took 20 minutes, all 20 minutes, to go down and get it, and then it was gone, and no one knows what happens to it. To it. Wow. I will say full disclosure. Um, my my Valentine's gift also arrived on the fifteenth. But see, because but we said we weren't gonna do gifts. <laughs> it's okay, man. It doesn't matter if it's late. You got you got you got it. it. You got the gift. 
Well, you know, they stole it in the streets. If you live in LA, I want you guys to be protective of your packages. They are wilding in the streets of COVID, of package stealing. I've never even seen anything like this. They actually, they broke over my mailbox too the same day. I was like, okay, y'all just trying to get happening? What's and going I was on like, LA? you know, you guys said do you that at least know what it stuff. was. Like, do you know yeah, what it was supposed it was. to be? Yeah, it was a hoodie. That's all. That, at the end of the day, that's all we really wanted. You know, was uh, just a little bit of Sylvie's love. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was super Unsubscribe. corny. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe. How do no, I? I'm just saying, like, ever, you know, it's like. It's okay. You didn't get the hoodie. You got that tracking number, so you knew you had a little bit of yeah. Sylvie's I love. think also outside of just love for her partner, I think love for herself is really big in the film. So we could go there. Like I was That's loving true. up on myself on V Day. Got me maybe yeah. some oh, waffles. Game already, you already what? I, I didn't. Uh, that you just blew my mind. I didn't even think about that, and I'm now I'm like, yeah. Okay, now we got. Now there's we a lot of self love going on. Yeah, there's a lot of right. um, self love going on in there. <laughs> I okay. was ready. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that counts as a transition because I just used the film's name. Anyway, you, did, all right, you, you know said what? we now have to talk about Sylvie's love, which is that's, that's a correct sentence. Oh that yeah, you would yeah. Say. But that's that's why I felt wrong, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Everybody, Sylvie's love my jokes. Okay, let's start All the right. show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Jonathan Raylock. James the Third. Drop Billy Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. That's what Dry would say. Have you ever heard of the Snooky Wookie Blues? The Sugar Dookie. <laughs> what was that line? The Sugar Dookie Blues. <laughs> that's the line? Just a the, random that's line. That's my from favorite the, line. That, when Lance Reddick was like, when Lance hey, Reddick. heard of the Snooky Wookie Blues? And then he like sang the song. <laughs> And he's like, I he did the little dance. I was like, man, I'm on board for this movie. <laughs> Uh, Wow, that's incredible. Uh, For those of you uh, who are listening for the first time, the voice that isn't making just ridiculous snooky-wookie jokes, uh, this is this one right here. My name is Jonathan Braylock. Uh, Gerard Milligan is out today. And the voice that's making the snooky-wookie... I'm, ne- I'm not going to stop talking like this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> James the third. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here we uh, go. Let's but we, I'm we, have a, we have a special guest with us. Hold on. Let me get the snooky wicked drums out. Get, uh, get the snooky drums out. Oh, oh, I actually like that. Thank you. <laughs> do, do that again. <laughs> it's each day. Coleman, everyone. Please give it up. Hi. Please give it up. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Each day. It's a pleasure. Uh, she, she, 
works in PR and marketing in the film industry. Okay, yes, that's right. She's worked in the she started in a in a in the festival film circuit. festival. Mm -hmm. Do you know? You know have you ever heard of that? <laughs> have you ever heard of Sundance? Have you heard of you, yeah? Tribeca? You ever heard of the Sundance festival? The sugar, <laughs> <laughs> the sugar digger Tribeca film. No. <laughs> have you ever heard of a little a little studio called Paramount Pictures? Oh snap! You're talking about the Paramount or what? What the? Oh yeah. Uh, Thank yes. you so much. <laughs> for no us. problem. You're welcome. <laughs> but today we are we we are talking about the incredible film Sylvie's Love, and we are going to be talking in this voice a little bit because this film is set. Well, it starts off. In I can't 19, keep up. But, <laughs> I can't Actually, keep up it, with this voice. Yeah, it travels a bit because <laughs> it starts in 1963. Because you know they do that little like. That one oh, of those no, no, no. It starts at 1957, 1957, and then goes to 1962. Well, I was going to say, the they have that scene <laughs> in the beginning that's at 1963 because it's her waiting outside oh, right. for the Broadway Before show, her. and then it goes back to 1957, and then it turns, and then it. Oh, I didn't even up. clock that that was how it started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did that that weird thing where it's like starts in the middle of the movie. And then you're like, what's this? And then it goes back and it's like <laughs> five years earlier, you know, yeah, um, or whatever, six years or whatever, which I didn't, I didn't fully understand why they need to do that. But anyway, we'll talk about that at <laughs> later date. But oh, yes, we are a film uh, review podcast. We talk about the films of leading black actors in the yeah. context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Race and diversity. <laughs> this movie came out. Technically, uh, it came out. What is it? October 2020? No, it, sorry. It did a. I think it did the um, film circuit uh, before that, but then it came out on Amazon. I feel like, and what did it come out on? Amazon? Yeah, this has a December twenty third date on That's, on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it has December twenty third on IMDb, and then, but I'm I'm looking at uh, a different thing that said initial release was January twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that because it, it premiered at Sundance then. That's mm -hmm. why. And it was released on Amazon December. Got it. All right. There you go. Well, that's it. And that's the, that's the podcast. Um, no. <laughs> this <laughs> movie uh, was written and directed and produced by Eugene Ashe or Ashe. We are not great with looking up people's names on this podcast. And I'm sorry no. about that. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a romantic love story. Uh, it stars Tessa Thompson, and then can does anybody know how to pronounce this my man's name? Namdi, Namdi, uh, Nandi Asamuga. I think that's a. I think that that sounds right. Honestly, yeah. he was a football player. Did you know that? No, he was a cornerback. He played for the then Oakland Raiders. They're now the Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> he was good. My man was good in this. I'm, this is blowing my mind too that he his whole Wikipedia is like look at his sports stats for a long time and then it's also like oh yeah and then he was in the game and he's in, he's in this movie <laughs> what this is and crazy it's kind of incredible football players are taking over the film industry you got Jonathan Jonathan right? David John David that's not right Jonathan David John David <laughs> John David yeah. Washington oh yeah John, <laughs> John David. David Washington the football players you got well The Rock is not a football player I was about to take it there he is a wrestler but here we are. <laughs> yeah, but even that, like, had, you know, an acting element to it, you know, like they, 
probably had scripts, right? <laughs> right. Well, he this was dude doing was scripts a pro, on, the, on the this, set of the WWE. Now he was a pro bowler. Like he went, like it's saying here, he went to the Pro Bowl three times. So like he wasn't just a any old like football player. He was like, yeah, really he was good. like good. <laughs> he was a first round <laughs> draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> this is really blowing my mind. I feel like I could talk about this <laughs> the whole time, but we should talk about the movie. Yes. Um, we should yes, let's get to it. Oh, wait. This movie has, okay, 92% Rotten Tomatoes. So, well-liked by the critics. Uh, of course, it doesn't have a box office. And a lot of people asked us to do this movie. We did it. We, it was hard because it came out basically around the same time as Soul. And like all, all there's just a bunch of, a bunch of movies coming out. Uh, that were kind of dumped for the the Oscars kind of qualification period. And so this was one of the ones that kind of slipped. Not not because we didn't think uh, it was worth doing, but just because it just seemed like there were other ones that were a little more pressing at the time. But who knows if that's true? I don't know. I, I don't know which, which movies people watched more. <laughs> it's just kind of based off of a guess. But yeah, let's get into initial thoughts. I loved it. I thought the film was quite beautiful. Um, I love the idea of taking a period piece and making it special in terms of making it more um, layered and humanistic um, for Black people. Um, usually in period pieces, it's really like tragic. We're dealing with civil rights. We're dealing with, you know, issues that everybody, like Black, the Black issues that come mm-hmm. up all the time in every film. And I think here you really deal with people who are really living their lives and having fun and going towards getting their careers, becoming moms, becoming musicians, becoming television producers. It was just so many endless possibilities for black people in the film. And that I really loved about it. So it was like, well, we're taking back the period pieces and we're making it what we want it to be. And I just loved it. I thought, you know, it felt like my adult version of a Disney movie that I would watch as a kid, you know, Cinderella and all those things. So I really loved it. I thought Tessa's character, Sylvie, was very... It helped me look at myself as a Black woman um, in a very interesting way in terms of her start out as a debutante all the way up into making her way into being a TV producer and not being... um, choked into what society says she needs to be and like Mm -hmm. being unapologetic about a lot of the decisions she's made. I mean, and on the film, she's like becomes a mom and decides to not tell the man that she's having a baby by him and gets married to the other guy. And I was just like, this is so (laughs) complex, but so real because life happens this way. And it was just so many beautiful moments, even like going to Lacey's character, the husband that she ended up marrying him saying to her, she's like, oh, you did it because you want to do a good deed. And he was like, no, I did it because I loved you. But she was never in love with him. So she never even connected to why he did it for her. It was just like all these different things. And it just I I just I loved it. So I'm interested to see what you guys thought about it. Um, I do think that, you know, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should go out and see it. There's a lot of beautiful points in there. I mean, you got the busted up friend. You got the hot girl, Selma. You got, you know, they being hot all summer. Husband's out of town. She being hot girl. She met Sabu Robert. She has a great moment. Mona's there. It's like so many great points. And then you have your, what's his name? Brewster? Dickie Brewster? Mm-hmm. him being shysty you got just right. so many different elements and then eva lagoria is in there for i don't know what reason i don't know why she's up in there i literally <laughs> didn't know that it was her until uh i looked this up on the empty and i was like oh my god that was her <laughs> like, i didn't even realize i didn't know notice her until the actual scene where she's uh, does that little performance and i'm like is that 
Is that Eva Longoria? And then watching it the second time, you see her more in the film. But right. yeah, I thought, I mean, everything about the film was just chef's kiss to me. Um, but I mean, I guess I'm kind of like a lover, got a big heart, you know, even though my <laughs> Valentine's Day gifts don't no. get on, here on time, I still love love. So that's my re- recap of the film. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, I definitely liked this film. I I feel like when I when it first started, it was like a little slow. And I am a kind of I don't know if this is fair, but I feel like a stereotypical guy in the sense that like romantic films sometimes it's hard for me to like get on board right away. But then I do think that this film, like it went so many different places, and the characters were really complex in this way that was like both frustrating but but also really intriguing. Um, and the score and the music of it was really lovely. Like every, like the direct, the art direction, the costume designs, like all of that stuff was like really awesome. And I think exactly, I think you're exactly right about like how so many times when we do, when there are black period pieces, it's like, it's about the civil rights struggle. It's about like oppression in some way. Like even when it's about the families, it's like that, that other piece of it is like, it's just like kind of closing in like with Raisin in the Sun or Fences. Like there's still that other part of it that's like really heavy. And and it's not like that didn't, there wasn't any of that in this film, but it was like not the main focus at all. Not even necessarily like the main like kind of thing, thing that the characters had to contend with and, and, and make their decisions around. So like that in and of itself, like makes this film kind of like stand out like, really well and and i completely agree like i want to see so many more movies like this it was nice to see tessa thompson in a role where she got to kind of be i don't know a character actor in a way my initial thought my cold heart didn't didn't love this movie like everybody else (laughs) my my cold heart was like man i don't have time for I kept trying to be like, who, which one are they both the star? The movie's called Sylvie's Love, but, but it felt like they were spending a lot of time with, um, my man's, what's his name in the movie? Robert. Robert. It's been a lot well, of time with Robert. Then Robert it, disappears. Then Sylvie's we learn Love is all Robert. Late, <laughs> then we learn all late that, <laughs> right? then we uh, learn all late that she, um, <laughs> James missed that point. We already, but go ahead. So no, but then we learned Robert. all late that she was pregnant. Just it was just stuff that I was like, okay, no, all right. No, we, like, we didn't. learn I thought it was that she like, was pregnant. I understand that the wait, wait, I understand wait. the duality of we the title, like Sylvie's love is 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 Robert. You we know. learned that she was pregnant in the first half. You knew she was pregnant. He yeah. didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, you was you mad. About? Were you mad for him? No, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> you were mad. I'm for saying him, we could have spent time with her. You know, you- <laughs> like like the the sickness is a discovery and not a um and not a uh we spend time with her like getting sick and like and you know what I mean like it was like we walk in with with her friend Mona and we learn that she's sick with Mona we don't learn that she's sick with yeah, Sylvie it, do you know what I mean <laughs> I, I I I do know what you mean I guess but I I, I feel like that moment that we saw was the even if she had a suspicion that maybe she was pregnant, that's when she knew for sure. Like her, yeah. Friend, but I think you know her friend. I think that's how. Off. But that's usually how it happens with women, right? 
You right. find that you're pregnant. You don't go and tell your man first. You got to figure it out. You're like, I got to call my girlfriend. Like, girl, I think I missed my, I missed my period. Oh, let me, I think I threw up, girl. What's happening? They're like, get a pregnancy test. And then y'all, y'all decide together how you want to tell your man. That's <laughs> generally how it happens. Right. And Mona was like, girl, go tell him. But then Sylvie was like, no. Cause she was trying to save her man's career. She was trying to help her man out. Like, don't don't be dogging it. You, I think you are projecting because you wouldn't want to know that you got a five year old five years later. I but I don't you. mean that. I, but I okay, all right. But so still, still, <laughs> there, there was just stuff about, it. and then it just felt like it felt meandering to me. Well, James, now we know why your Valentine's Day gift got there. Because you were oh, so funny. I'll take it. Snaps. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll oh, take it. I will say, though, I love the snap. acting in this. I thought the acting was very good. I loved everybody. I did have a, I have always loved Tessa Thompson, but I've always heard people be like, she's not good in X, Y, and Z. And there was one line in this that I was like, oh, snap, have I been wrong forever? Like that she said that I was like, well, I don't think I agree with that acting choice. It's the first time I've ever felt this way. It was when, uh, <laughs> it was when uh, Mr. J got electrocuted and she was just like, you almost got electrocuted. Like there was no, <laughs> it, it, was in like the be- was- it was in the beginning, right? It was in the beginning, yeah. I will say for for me that like like in the beginning, I I was like slightly I don't I just I I don't know if it was because we didn't know enough about her yet, but I was like, who is this person? Like I couldn't quite. But she was supposed to be a mild mannered girl, exactly. So being rowdy, like, oh my god, you electrocute yourself. That's not what deputant. You're not allowed to do that, right? So she was like, "Daddy, you almost electrocute yourself." Like she was like that, and you see (laughs) the training of that throughout the film. So yes, it did feel off because I think in our generation we're like, "What the hell? You (laughs) you jump off the skin?" But like in that time period, women were like way more like. Hmm. You know, like right. mouth. I wanted her to be like, look at yourself. <laughs> but, yes. but she didn't do that, and I and I was just confused by the choice. I, I was gonna say Daddy. she went on a journey too. It was like I also realized, like the beginning part of the awkwardness that I feel like I was feeling easily could have been the fact that she herself was like stuck between these two different worlds and she wanted yes. to be this person, but she felt like she had to be this person. And so she was like, sh- like balancing that thing and it makes her feel, it made her feel um, insincere as a person. Like you can kind of feel like, like you're not being genuine. You're not being yourself. And at first I thought that was the, like, just like Tessa, like not understand, like just not being <laughs> like being able to be this person who she's supposed to be. And then I realized it was, I was like, oh, no, I think this was like a character choice. Like the character didn't know who she was supposed to be. So she herself was kind of putting on this like front and it felt fake, you know? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, so it was just that one line for me. You know, I love Tess Thompson. I feel like she can do no wrong. Um, and yeah, and the and then the supporting cast as well, like Tone Bell. I, Tone Bell, I kept being like, he looks so much like Juan Carlo Esposito in this in this movie. Like I, <laughs> I was does. like, oh shit, have they were they related? Like I was like, I didn't think that that was true, but I needed to look that up just to see because <laughs> he looks so much like him, you know. And then they got they got Bridgerton in there, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the dude from Bridgerton. It's, it's this. Everybody was great. It made me mad. It did make me mad that Eva Longoria was so peripheral for so much of the movie before her song. I was just like, you have Eva Longoria in your movie and she's in the background the whole time. Well, she was wife. She was wife. She was a wife to Dick Brewster, which I felt was very interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. 
It was, yeah. it was I thought that was an odd pairing. I'm not going to say that. I was to say the loose. Like, I, I didn't quite understand. I didn't know if they were like, I didn't know if there was any commentary to be made on that at all. And also because Eva Longoria in the film, it felt like she was a white person, but I didn't know if that she was supposed to be or I, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> well, no, when she did her performance, you felt like there was some Spanish. They, right, they right. definitely try to implement the Spanish. Yeah. Like, so we got it. I mean, because Dickie was, Dick was over there with the, the white woman in the bathroom coming out, being all right. whatever. She was like, Oh, you can't. You guys can't see me doing this, but I'm trying to do the little dance that. Yeah, she doing the action. <laughs> Watch the movie. <laughs> she doing the part. <laughs> she moving her hands up and. <laughs> I felt like that was a lot. I was like, I didn't need this. I didn't need that for the film. But thank you for having Eva Lagoria. I guess. What's up, folks? This podcast is sponsored by Earning. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn could be in your hands today with Earning. Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Think about it. Say you're going out for a special date or it's getting hot, y'all. You might need a fresh outfit for brunch or something nice. Or maybe you just want to feel good and take yourself to dinner. Earning can help you today. Make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoying earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Download Earner today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign in. It'll help the show out. Jump Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period. See Earning.com slash DOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, you open Google Chrome on your phone. You're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with. When you're supposed to be working... But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. 
Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. This episode is brought to you by the new Disney Plus original series, American Born Chinese. Based on the graphic novel by Jean Luen Yang, American Born Chinese tells the story of an average teenager that becomes entangled in a battle with Chinese mythological gods. This star-studded cast includes Academy Award winners Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hoi Kwan, plus Daniel Wu, Jim Liu, and Ben Wang. American Born Chinese, premiering May 24, exclusively on Disney Plus. Well, let's get into it because there's so there is a lot here. I think it's and like I said. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we did get that little snippet in the beginning of her waiting outside for him, and then he comes. She's like Robert, and then it and then it flashes back. Do we know why they did that? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you it- know, it's like is 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 you know, it's this felt this felt very um Harry Met Sally to me, this movie in particular. Even though Harry Met Sally is linear, <laughs> you know, they just they just go in one direction in in time. But James, you don't even remember it being this. You don't remember the beginning. So why are you talking about the beginning? You just I know said because but I'm saying I'm just I'm just <laughs> using this as an example of like I missed this part like film. I didn't even remember that that was what was happening <laughs> then you comparing the film to a linear film like you got it all wrong you got it all wrong <laughs> but I think the fact that we were all silent kind of gives like it wasn't necessary but I do think that it it brought you into the movie quicker, right? Because if you would have just came in and you was at the record store, then you're like trying to wait and fi- figure out what happened. You know that they know each other. And I think that's a cool moment, right? You know that they know each other because you see them in the first first little scene together. And then when he's walking up to the record store, you're like, oh, this is how they met. I think this movie was for women. I'm going to say it right now because it's like, oh, that's how they met. You know, we get all excited about that. You're about to break down that part of the right, story. Right. And then he comes in and he's looking through the glass and it's like, oh, she looks so right, good. Right, it was the meet the cute. Is this also yeah. the moment? Wait, so this was the, the so the specific beginning was the moment when she saw him outside the play, right? When she, w- you know, and she was waiting because this- you because you thought like, well, I thought just because of I know the movie. I mean, I knew and the movie's called Sylvie's Love. Like when she was waiting and she was like pacing, I thought she was waiting for him, you know. Yeah. And then he comes and she's like Robert, and then it was kind of like I was like I was a little confused because I was like, wait, that doesn't feel like the response you would give to someone who's like showing up real late, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like making you pace. And so it was kind of a weird thing. I also think maybe they started I just it. wanted to say, the reason I asked yeah. though was, was would, would you also say that though, that this is the night that she chooses him? Like, like that particular night is the That's night true. that she like chooses. In choos- a way. I mean, in a, in a what? No, no. <laughs> I mean, is, she's is shaking she her head. cheats on her. She cheats no. on her husband. <laughs> she's like, absolutely. She, it was not she this chose night. Him. <laughs> she, cho- she chose him the day that they were on top of the roof and they took it an extra step. That's when they, they kiss for the second time. Right. They're on the roof. Mona leaves and then they actually have sex and Mona then she Lisa. ends up pregnant from that. Yeah. But I think she really chooses him when she makes the decision not to tell him that she's pregnant. And I think this is okay. going to be controversial. When she goes right before she he leaves to Paris, she chooses him in that moment because she puts his his love his life in front of hers and decisions of her own. And I think that's a mm. controversial decision. I, or, I definitely. But when she turns around and she says, see you later. Not. He says, see you later, alligator. And she goes, for a while, crocodile. I think in that moment, she's like, I love him. And, you know, 
I do think it's controversial though. Love looks differently for everybody. I'm right. not saying here saying 100%. I ain't telling nobody's my baby daddy. He ain't the baby daddy. He the baby daddy, and I'm telling him that. But you know, that's just everybody's different. Right. I think we. I. I. I will. I'm so excited to talk about that part because it is again, like I said, like it's so personal. Like romance, love, like how we deal with relationships. It's, it's so personal, and um, there are ways in which. Anyway, let's get to that point when we get to it. Because first, it was just the meet, meet cute stuff. When we get to the little beginning. Okay, nobody understands why we, we did that. But I get the only other reason I was going to throw out it was because she looks really, like, she looks great, you know, and she looks like there's just, like, that kind of glamour about that shot that I was like, I think they just wanted to start with that to be like, don't worry, we're going to get to the part where they're... They're they're all going to be glamorous. Like they're not just going to be these like little kids who like don't have any money. <laughs> um, because when we, because then when we get to the record store, she's like working at the record store. She's like, I mean, she feels very young, right? Because she's like watching television and like not like not paying attention to her job really. And her dad's like, uh, we get this fun moment with her dad who <laughs> who bought two different TVs. By the way, the first TV we had was also like my mom found in the, in the garbage. I don't think she was working at the shop because she needed to work at the shop though. It was very evident that she had, she was, she was fine. She just wanted to be there. Her father kind of called it out to her. He's like, yo, you need to go out and have fun, enjoy the summer. But I think she was so enthralled with her engagement Woman, I was I've been engaged. I mean, I'm, I'm giving up too much information, but I've been engaged. And you like, I'm just gonna stay home and wait for my my boo to come home. You just so excited about it that you the outside world doesn't really matter. And so she's just there, and she says to him, to Roberts particularly, like, you know, we're not hiring. I'm here. We we just have that sign for this reason. And the father's mm-hmm. like, no, we are. You need to get out. <laughs> like she doesn't need to work, and it's very <laughs> evident. Like as you start seeing oh, her character yeah. develop, she doesn't need to work. Yeah. So she's just there watching TV. Not doing anything else. Right. No. Yeah. I didn't think she was, I didn't think she needed to work. I just more meant that like, like her family, it wasn't like they were like, they wasn't like they were super poor or anything, but they weren't like living some life of luxury either. Right. Cause they had like this two televisions, one that only had the picture and the other that only had the sound, which is really <laughs> funny. But that's like, that is the way, like you just make it work when you're like, you know, uh, you don't have, you don't have all the money in the world, but like you have a little and then you, you do what you can to like find these kind of shortcuts. I just thought it was hilarious that they have two TVs on top, stacked on top of each other. I feel like that was just her dad trying to make a point. Like we not finna, we not finna spend any money on no ridiculous stuff because it looks like right. he can afford it, but he's a dad like, no, we're going to be on a budget. We finna <laughs> get this fan work. We finna like, he's the kind of guy like trying to rub two rocks together, make it, exactly. you know, make it work. Like that's the kind of father was the mom came through and she was like, I am it. Proper and then you look and, at their home, their home in New York for black people in the fifties. I don't think black people were living in those type of homes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, they were. Were they? I don't know. Yeah. It was like a brownstone. It well, was a, bra- I, no, I mean like it, I didn't know exactly where they were. Were they, cause they, were they in Harlem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. was like a Harlem. It was like that. I. It's so hard to know exactly what the, pricing of that stuff it was but it's not how much it would be now like not even close you know what i mean oh yeah for sure (laughs) for sure for sure but i just always felt that throughout history brownstones are just expensive like in my mind i'm like the brownstones was was lit but also i don't even know what was outside of those brownstones you know but besides tenements that's all i really could think about but they weren't living in that 
my impression was they were like middle class family, like in that time period, like middle class, like you're living a pretty comfortable life. And and yet you're not like you're not going to throw money away. So the dad was still like probably the way that he even got to the middle class was by being the way that he still was, which was like, we're going to pinch pennies. We're going to make sure that like you know, you're not going to buy something new if I can get it to work kind of thing. Yeah, because remember, remember the scene when she goes to see Robert? She has money. He's over here talking right. about the car don't really work, like the heater don't work. Like, sir, your daughter could have like, fixed that heater. And that's how she ended up not getting to the to the show on time because she took right. her father's car, which was actually 100%. But that car could have been 100%. We can all agree to that. So the father right. was the type of guy like, listen, we're going to jerry-rig it. We're going to get Jimmy to work on it. And then we're going to call my cousin and we're going to put some glue on it and it's going to that's like the right. and i will say i wanted to i did kind of want to look, know a little bit more about her parents marriage because her father and her and the mother seem so different like the mother had this you know manners school where she's like teaching little black girls like <laughs> how to like be proper and you know there was like a little bit of that like uh her her mom was i think i feel like what yeah her mom was like very much into like well you got to if if you want to get ahead in life as a as a black person, like you got to take on the culture of whiteness, you got to do these things that are going to make you seem proper. You got to speak proper. You know, she looked at, um, wait, what was his name? Uh, uh, Robert. Robert. Yeah, she looked at Robert. Like at one point, she made makes a comment about like how you know they're not of the same class or like she's like somebody who's below you, which was interesting because it didn't seem like like it wasn't like Robert. But did you notice bad, that but... the father has a similar like background as Robert? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think I do think that they were like the both of the the mom and the dad were like orbits around each other. And that's a lot of times what you end up seeing in these time periods is like people get 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 married because they're being forced to. That's what was happening with Sylvie, right? So we don't really know the background story between the father and the mom, but I'm assuming like they ended up together. Maybe it was a love story. And maybe the mom is like, listen, you don't want to fall in love with a musician. You don't want to do the same thing I did. Let me teach my daughter right. and, and built this school around her teachings of her daughter because she wanted more for her daughter. Um, that was the... That was the vibe that I had, especially because I think in that same scene, she says she says to Robert, I hope uh, Mr. Johnson hasn't been filling your head with with any of his, you know, wild ideas about about music or like what it what it would mean to to pursue music professionally. It seemed like she like looked at him. You know, and like a little, like a little Mr. J and was like, (laughs) get away from this. I wish we had a a scene with that because it it just, they've, they developed those characters so well. I kind of wanted to see a little bit of like, you know, because that also informs us what Sylvie's idea of love and marriage is. I mean, we kind of get that already. Like, because for me, I, it's funny. I, I didn't think she was like super excited about her engagement. It just felt like it was the thing like she had to do. And we even get it from her friend of like the reason she was engaged was because like she was caught like, I guess like kiss, like kissing that guy or you know what I mean? I would say she was excited about the engagement, but I think when you meet somebody and the level that like, and you connect on that level of love, like she did with Rob, it kind of like all of that goes away, you know? Cause I feel like in the very beginning, she was very like, fantasizing of it, like fantasizing what the what the engagement would be like, but didn't truly understand what love was. She hadn't been introduced to that. She was just fantasizing on what the life would be like with this doctor who has money. And then you actually feel love, you know? It's like, there's levels to this love shit. You, gotta, you actually feel it. And then you're like, 
wow, like you, you just feel like this person touches you in so many different places, not only just in a physical, but in also in an emotional. And I felt like you could truly grasp that in the very beginning, especially when they were smoking the cigarettes on the stairs. You know, there was just like some untouched, untapped chemistry that you could tell that she wasn't really getting from her partner. I mean, yeah. even when her mom says she got t- received two letters from Lacey in the mail, I was like, it didn't seem like his letters were so impactful like to her, you know? Oh yeah, no, not at all. That's why that's what I was saying. I was like, it felt like she was more like excited about maybe the idea of marriage, but like mm-hmm. not him. Like not yeah. him. Like even yeah. before Robert, like I, I do think like when she met Robert, it was like a very obvious, like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like kind of yeah. thing. But like even before I felt like she was just like, Yeah, like I guess this is what it's supposed to I mean it's sad, but it's it's real, like it you know but i think you never know you really never know what love is supposed to feel like until you get to that place right right you 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 date around oh i love this person and you like dating that person and then you meet another person you're like i love this person but then it'd be like the fourth person that you really feel this like real intense love that you never felt before and you're like it almost freaks you out so i think she was kind of even freaked out by her love for rob like dang i really love him and like she didn't understand even how to and i think that's natural humans like you don't really understand what love is until you're actually in it everyone talks about love and we easily use it i mean when i was five years old i was talking about i love somebody i love that boy and i love this boy at 10 years old but once you get to a certain age and you start really experiencing love it's just a whole different level she was young she was young just talking about something i love somebody i'm engaged it felt exciting yeah yeah how old are they i don't even know how old they are in the movie but she feels like a like she's 20 or something or 19 i know yeah we don't we don't know and he was off where he was he off in a war was that what she was? What, where was she? She was off fighting. But it was weird because then he was a doctor, and I was like, "That got me." That that part did confuse me. <laughs> I was like, "He's in the fight. He's in the war." Right. And then, I mean, but maybe that's how it was. I mean, I cannot speak about drafting, but obviously they were drafting like Muhammad Ali, right? So it's like right. if they drafted anybody, they draft everyone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it must have been like could have been you know, like a could have been a yeah. a medical officer. Also. Oh yeah. This part was tough for me because I was like, even though the way she talked about it, it did seem like it definitely seemed like she wasn't into this guy, whoever he was. You know, we hadn't met him yet. We don't meet him for a while. I was like, but he's, but also maybe that's the distance. You know, like they have. How long has he been gone? How long? How long have they been away? It was hard for me to reconcile the uh, discovery that she was having with with Robert and then also Robert's relentless like <laughs> I'm going to actively pursue this woman that I know is engaged is you know engaged, what I mean? like I know. it was just like I, I I had I had trouble I had trouble recon- reconciling this this piece of it um and then it gets even harder like, when the guy shows up and we only really get like seven lines from him <laughs> and are you saying you had trouble because you were like you felt like they were both doing something wrong so wrong. it was hard for you yeah. to get on board yeah I it was this thing of like I mean, they obviously were t- doing something wrong in, in in that kind of sense. But I, for me, what it felt like was, well, how I reconciled it was like, it, she got engaged really young, not necessarily because she was in love with this person, but because there was pressure from her mo- mom specifically about yeah. like, if you're going to be messing around with a boy, you better 
you better get engaged. Like, and she was like, oh, okay. Like, is that what is how it's supposed to be? So she gets engaged and, you know, you could talk yourself up. Like I've been watching Love Island, <laughs> which is an insane reality television show if you've ever seen it. But like, it's funny. Cause like, you'll see it. Like you'll see these people like on this show, like they're getting paired up with people that, you know, they don't fully like, but then they like talk themselves into it because it's like, yeah. they kind of have to, it's like, there's this other pressure around it. But like, you know, like it's never going to it's not going to work because they don't actually like the person. It's like but it's so easy for us to talk ourselves into liking someone, especially one, if they really like us. And two, if there's like people around us who we trust, who are telling us, like, you should be in this relationship kind of thing. Right. And he hits yeah. all the he hits all the signs of like, this is the man you marry. He right. comes from an affluent family. She's also like debutante right. culture is such a different culture. Like, honestly, yep. it's like far removed from yourself. You're actually just portraying. And that's what Jonathan spoke about in the beginning about like her not truly being herself. So I think her not even knowing herself. I think when she got engaged, she didn't even know herself. You know what I mean? Right. She had no idea yeah. what she really wanted in her own life. And as she started to develop that, I think that she you first see her actually seeing herself in a different way when she meets Robert. She starts to really explore what it means to be in love, what it means for her. And like, it just continues to transpire throughout the film. And when you get to the point where she's now a TV producer and she's gets to the point, like, I don't need you. Don't come back. You know what I mean? So like, she's definitely evolving as a woman. And I think in the beginning, you just meet her very young and she's like, you know, even though she's doing something wrong, I think we all know, ain't nobody got no business getting engaged and getting married under the age of 21. <laughs> like you just don't have, I mean, if you do it and you're successful, congratulations. I'm talking about the large majority of people right. in the world just sitting here getting married that young. It's, it's, there's a point in time. Well, I'm about to get really philosophical, which I'm just going to do it. You don't Damn even grow please. your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex doesn't develop till you're 24 years old. So you should really don't even have the ability to think right or wrong until you're fully 24. You know what I mean? So I would say that I say all that to say that I do think like if you want to make discerning decisions, you really want to wait like concrete decisions in your life. You want to wait to pass the age of 24 for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it's not it's like at the end of the day, it feels like it's not fair. And again, there are people who've made a work, who've met super young. They got married young and like they have, you know, a great life. Uh, But I do think it's rare. And it's also because and like part of the reason it's rare is because you don't have enough life experience to even know if that's exact. It's like, it's not saying that it's the wrong choice. It's just that you don't even know what the right choices are because you haven't even been exposed to enough to know how you truly feel. And then a, a lot of it is just based off of like, you know, like what whatever society or culture you grew up in that's saying like, this is what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? So you're doing a lot, you're following like somebody else's plan, you know, yeah. supposed plan that for for your life. And I do want to go back and say that Robert wasn't the only person that helped Sylvie see herself. She had she had Mona, and her and Mona mm-hmm. was having a hot girl summer. Okay, they was really discovering themselves through the hot girl summer. They was out with the boys. They was coming out with their best garbs. They were doing it up. And I just feel like when you have those moments, I mean, I hate it. I feel like I shouldn't really say this as well, but I'm saying it. Whatever. You have your whole moment. You have your hot girl summer moment. That is a moment that you really are figuring out how you're going to maneuver in this world. And I think her and Mona was kind of figuring it out together. So, you know, it's just unfortunate that she was engaged and she was like cheating and, you know, doing right. it in an inappropriate manner. But again, it's because of the circumstances in which she was forced into. Right. So. Well, so this is my thing. So let's get to the first major decision, uh, which is 
they have uh that we've we find out that they had they had sex uh she says that it was extraordinary you know mona is like wait oh snap but i've done it before it was never extraordinary (laughs) you know (laughs) like (laughs) she's like nice maybe but extraordinary (laughs) uh so so it's like you you know that they're they're really in love but then her mom disapproves uh obviously (laughs) um her mom kind of finds out she she gets the husband she gets her husband to fire him from the record store uh they don't talk about it it seems like the it seems like they didn't even talk about why they fired him even though they kind of knew obviously and then you know he can't talk to her he goes you know he does that very romantic thing of playing a saxophone outside her window to get her attention i never understand by the way every time i watch movies whenever people are able to like sneak out of the house i'm always like how are you able to do this <laughs> I, like, I, I never had the balls to do it when i was a kid but i truly feel like i would 100 percent have gotten caught like i i can't even imagine a scenario in which i would have been able to successfully sneak in and like out and in back into the house i just yeah I feel well, like my dad I'm just positive my mom <laughs> just knows. Like <laughs> it's never it's never come up, but I'm just sure she just knows about the times. Yeah. Oh, so you snuck out, James? I didn't sneak out either, Jonathan. I was too scared. I just wouldn't come home early. Like I wouldn't come home at my uh, my designated right. time. But right. I would. Yes. I would come in late, but I wouldn't sneak out. I thought of it though. But I, every time I thought of the plan, I lived in New York in an apartment. The floors creak too damn much. That's the thing. Like, what's exactly. that floors creaking? Like, how y'all That's getting out of the house? <laughs> I'm like, the floors are creaking. Like, uh, like the the, the 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 door makes a noise. Like, plus everyone's already like, you know. I mean, my dad. Ha- I feel like like slept with like a certain alertness to him because you know he's like, hey, like if somebody comes in this house, I better know. So it's like any kind. of... You know, at a certain point, he put like a bell on the door too. By the way, and then we had a dog. When we had a dog, it was like, forget it. There's zero chance you're gonna sneak out with the dog. <laughs> like, there are three ways dog- to go in and out of the house, okay? And then, and then, and then windows, but you couldn't do the window because they all had screens. But there were three different doors, and so it just depended on where people were positioned in the, right. in the house. Well, the he time. lived in a house. When you live in an apartment, you're not sneaking out the window. That's one because you want to fall out the fourth floor story. Floor. All right. Well, I'm gonna say we snuck into the fourth floor apartment through the hallway window once, but that's not something you want to do because that is a very dangerous fall. So you grew up right. in a house. I'm just gonna put it out there because yeah. I wasn't sneaking out no windows. Too much work. Uh, but uh, but you know, then we we find out that she is is pregnant, and he has to go to Paris because he got this gig, which she was sad about. So they both clearly like love each other at this point, and he comes to her and he's like, "Hey, I, you know, come with me to Paris," which is a huge thing, you know, and that would be such a giant risk. And I think he knew that, you know, I don't obviously extremely disappointed that she didn't come, but I. I do feel like he understood. Like it wasn't like a, I can't believe you're doing this to me thing, which sometimes people I have. Mean, which listen, is listen, have y'all watched Laguna Beach? Okay. Laguna Beach, Lauren doesn't go to Paris and she stays back with the man and she don't do what she need to do for herself. Okay. And then you see in the next year <laughs> that Lauren ain't even with that man no more. So let Sylvie do what she need to do for herself. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things that were a little bit more complex than that, but she, why she got to run behind that man? That's a showing of her independence. She don't need oh, to run behind th- him. 
Yes, you don't need to run behind yeah. him and go to Paris. You know what I mean? I think she loved him, but honestly, we talked about this, um, I think right before we got on, it's like the self-love of it all. There's some self-love happening and some figuring it out for herself. She needed to figure out her own stuff. And totally. going to Paris with him, with a baby, and trying to figure that out with him, it's just a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's a lot. Now, what I I'm sorry, but I do not agree with is her not telling him. And yeah. this reason of of so like like let's let's get into it because this reason of <laughs> oh I did it for you I think is a cop out, and I think a lot of people make these these kinds of cop outs in their lives of like well, he I didn't did tell the truth. What? He did it too. <laughs> no, he of, did course, it too. of course, of course. And I was out. I was so pissed at him too <laughs> when he does it. And we'll get to that one when he did, makes a choice, which actually his choice is at even more unforgivable with her at least she has a fiance to think about and like <laughs> this other life and like she's like well if i don't tell him i could live this life and be like because at first we didn't we actually don't find out for a while because i wasn't sure if she was going to try to do that thing where it's like no, no no it's yours you know what i mean like it like oh. but i we, we eventually find out she did tell her, her husband that it that wasn't hit that it wasn't you were his. trying to see how much of an asshole she was he was like no. let me see she won't tell him that something but it wouldn't have made sense she knew it i agree i agree but but sometimes people live that lie sometimes people both like both both people in the relationship know the truth but they decide to live the lie because they're they're so scared of it so i wasn't sure how scared of the truth she was like was she just going to create this entire world where everyone just pretends like that that kid is it well she you know, didn't the- now you got the record straight <laughs> Put the record, make the record straight <laughs> sylvie didn't do that she just didn't tell the baby daddy because the baby daddy went to paris and she was just still so fresh and her- listen you don't tell people you're pregnant until you at least three months and i mean i'm not saying that you don't tell the baby daddy but who's to say she would have carried full term Let's give Sylvie yeah. some Well, yeah, some we brains. didn't know. We didn't know Melissa's what she was going to do, like, but she did. did. <laughs> yeah, there was, a lot, there, there was a lot there. And this was, this was hard for me. This was hard for me, too. It, it, does, it, it, it feels very both real, because we know that this does happen where people don't tell people that they have their kids. And you find out later, and it's, and it's devastating, you know. And, my, and like, you, like you said, like, she, she also doesn't know right now she doesn't know what's gonna happen she doesn't know you know so she so it is it did feel very much like yes i understood why she didn't tell him but it was so you know after seeing the movie and being being with both of them up until this point in the movie we know that they both love each other we know that he would he would he would probably not have gone to paris right like he would have his dream would have been dead right is the is the thought but he but you know but it was just so hard to be like but she should have given him the choice i agree we she don't definitely should have allowed him the choice like exactly. she should have given him the choice of what he wanted to do instead she made the decision for him but it, it's it's always a catch for me too when you're in love and you're trying to do something in the betterment of somebody else and you're making decisions for them that's usually where you find relationships go awry all the time because people are trying to make decisions for their partner that they think is the best decision for their partner and then that's where Everything right. is all the time. Happen. And then I couldn't believe that he like after what after what happened to well, him, I was like, you're going to just not tell him well, about the job. OK, wait, well, well, let's get to that. <laughs> I, the last thing I want to say about this, though, is that I do feel like even though there was a part of her that was doing it for him, she was also doing it for herself. And I wish she would be also be honest about that part, too, of like it wasn't just for him. You were doing this because you knew 
you didn't want to go you didn't want to go to Paris. There was a whole life like it was too big of a risk. You were going to like take and this isn't a bad thing. Like it's a it's a legitimate obvious like choice, but she was like I it's it's just better for him to go live his life and for me to go live my life. And the easiest way for for that to happen is he doesn't know because now if he doesn't know, he's not going to try to to come back into the life. He's not going to try to see this kid. It'll be much easier for the the child that I'm raising to think that this person is the father instead of thinking she has two brothers, that, all that stuff. Like there, I, I just feel like there was a lot more to the decision ju- than just like, she just wa- she was doing it out of love because she loved him and wanted him to yeah. have his, his career, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, I hope people know that. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I think it's also cemented in the fact of how she also thought about herself and how her mother thought of her and all that whole culture of what she brought up, was brought up into. I was right. just trying to defend that because you got the women got to have each other's back. So I'm just saying, you know, I, I love it. I love it. that you're defending her. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who was like told at like 12 or 14 or something like, oh, by the way, <laughs> and like it was like casually like this man is not actually your father and it was like Fine. all right yeah. let's bring out the hot dogs and it was just, it's just like how yeah. people gotta be people got to be better about this but i, <laughs> I, can't I keep I, happening. <laughs> there's too much trauma in the oh, world no. <laughs> you gotta tell people no, who but their look, parents are. I, okay james i dated a guy who didn't know his daughter was his daughter until she was five years old I already wow. had came Oof. into the picture and she was older than five at the time, but that's when he had found out. And he kind of was doing the same thing, messing with yeah. a married woman and ended up getting called the godfather for years up until five. And Oof. then it became discovered that he was a father. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware of the toxicity of it all. Um, but I do think that even within that, that man that I dated was very excited to be a father. So I think yeah. you're like, oh, he just let it go. Like, no, he was really excited to be a father. And, you know, I guess in this in the same situation, that was his first child, too. So it was like, oh, my God, it's my first child. It's this level of excitement, right. disappointment, but excitement because you already know the circumstances. You know that you were sleeping with a woman who was married. You yeah. know that the, the, the reality of that. So you can kind of come up from a place of understanding because you guys were both doing something that you had no business doing. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a difficult topic and I love that. I love that we can have this long form of a conversation about one aspect of the film, because that's like literally like one part of like so many different other aspects that Mm -hmm. happened, you know? Right. And it's, and it's complicated, especially when you're young to be making these kinds of decisions that literally affect your, your whole life. You know what I mean? And that's, it's a lot to put on a young, a young person. Um, so it, it's tough, which is why, you know, people, you, you, you should use protection. And <laughs> try or abstain from, or abstain from sex situation. before marriage. <laughs> or don't um, sleep with a married woman or an engaged woman. Like yeah, simple. Try, yeah. try that. Forget the try condom. That. Forget the marriage part. Just like, don't be sleeping with somebody who's in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be here. Um, but uh, yeah, I should have called out the engagement. Anyway, so, so after this moment, then we flash forward then it's like five years five years later um and there she's now uh she applied for a job um we see her kind of working as a telephone operator um 
and she hears about a job, like a producer job from the from that, which I think is so funny. Like, I, I want to say how gangster that is. That's like modern day LinkedIn stalking people. Like I do that all the time. I guess people's email and be like, hey, I'm EJ, blah, 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 blah. Like I used to do that in the very beginning of my career. I don't do it anymore. But it was like levels of yeah, LinkedIn get stalking that, that I was like, she's a gangster. I want to put that out there. I thought she was real gangster for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she winds up, uh, you know, uh, uh, interviewing, I almost said auditioning, God such an actor she wants up interviewing for this job <laughs> and um and, a, and and she's and the producer is a black woman which uh, i was like whoa is it i almost wanted to check like be like were there black female producers in um in the 60s that's so awesome you know um and she was a producer for this uh i guess it was like a cooking show which seemed to be a like a kind of a fairly pop popular show at least it, it seemed in the terms of this world and that was a night. Nice, that was a, like a great scene. And also, it's so sad that this is uh, doesn't happen that often. But like the reality that we get in this movie, two black women who could talk about each to each other about something that's not like a man or romantic relationship. Like that's sadly so rare. Even though it feels so, it felt so natural in this movie. Like it wasn't a thing at all. But that's that's the that's the point. It's like. We never, we rarely get that in, in movies, um, and I don't know. So I just want to note that too. That was just like, yeah, it was so nice to just see these two right. women. And I think, I think you also could even go further and be like, she propped her up and also made sure yeah. that she then had that same position. Like, I love that whole trajectory of that relationship and how it goes forward. It's like, you know, she start, and I think the even the black woman giving her a chance because she was like, if this is about a man trying to chase me around the room, I don't want this job. And she was like, no, honey, this is, I am the TV producer. And it just felt <laughs> so good. She was like, sit down. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like, it was like the understanding of black women. Like you just know each other. So she didn't give her any flack for thinking that. She was just like, sit down. Just let me know why you need this job, girl. And mm. it was just such a beautiful, like, sister moment because that's really how black women really connect. Especially in the industry that, I mean, that we all work in. It's like, mm-hmm. And film and TV, you meet a woman, you guys have a great connection, or you guys just see each other. You know, like what it's like to be a, a one of very few in the industry, right? right? And so I think she, her having that understanding and care for her was very, very impactful. And then also just furthering her career and really making her dreams come true was just really awesome. But then yeah. you see the lousy husband trying to tell her she needs to be a housewife. That's why she cheated right. on him. I'm just going to put that out there for everybody. Ah. You just skip that whole part. Okay. He, I will say. She come home and excited about her damn job. Yes. And he goes, well, you need, just need to be a housewife. Anything messing up with your housewife duties can't happen. Like, sir. Yeah. And it, no, and, I, and, it, yeah. and it felt very real that like at the end, you know, this is fascinating forward a little bit but like when he's like you know i just wanted to be the man that you wanted to, to be it's like yeah and like at that time that meant doing whatever you want me to do like, like that's so that's awful. usually how right. it goes james well, that's how it goes though it's like oh i wanted sure. you to love me but like it becomes a requirement of women having to be everything that that man wants to it, him to be he thinks that's what love looks like and it's just mm-hmm. a real interesting dichotomy of love um exactly. and i think it was very interesting that they even put that piece in i think i think that piece was very vital that come that conversation between the two of them because it was some truth to it. i think he always felt second best anyway so i think he was being honest in that and he didn't truly know how to love her because he was always second best and in that trying to project what he wanted her to do but also trying to get the love from her it really created even like him not having her in the way he wanted him to himself to i mean all loves are different 
he was trying to emulate right. it. It wasn't going to work. Rob right. Rob was a smooth operator. Okay, so Rob was smooth <laughs> operating through the, the yeah. movie. <laughs> and, and I just I I I appreciated that we got that scene, the scene at the end with in the funeral or like after the funeral because I I did notice like the first time we see the first time we see this husband that she's been married to for like five years now about um and like raise this kid that's not his own uh it's like him like basically saying like you don't need to work or you know that kind of thing and and being the sexist person that i'm sure he was because like the vast majority of men at those that time were very sexist because of 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 whatever the you know the the culture that they lived in was like this i mean we still live in it was like this is the these are how things are but i was kind of like oh man you guys are really trying to make us not like this dude because she cheated on well no 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 i don't even think that scene was really about him that scene was really about her and her really like making a declaration of her love for herself. Like she had to make that discern decision at that moment. Like I'm a love myself and I've done it too long, not loving myself and making decisions because it's the best decision for everyone or the people around me, what they think I should do. And I thought that was just like such a powerful scene for the character, Sylvie. And then you just see her like really fully blossom out of that, even to the point where Rob comes back in the picture and she still is very, committed to that, committed to being the independent woman that she, you know, wants to be and, 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 and going forth in the career because he was like undermining it. Like, Oh, you just in here writing papers. She's like, the show ain't going to write itself. That's how Hollywood is. That's how television is. And he had no concept of that. He was like, well, you need to come out here and get the guests. Nah, like, nah, she, nah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not giving you that one. She, she a hundred percent was dissociating from the pain of losing her father and the realization that she doesn't want to be trapped in a loveless well, marriage. Well, if that's what she wants to do, if that's how she's healing, then let her heal the way she wants to heal. Why is it got to be yeah. healing on how she wanted but, to heal that way? I okay. If you, I've lost people, and I go right back to work. No, no, you're you're right. She could totally do that. I just don't. I I agree though. I don't. He really had no understanding of like TV. No, the number of, course, of times of course. he kept being like, <laughs> you can just take a day off. <laughs> <laughs> he said you can just take a day off so many times that I was like, bro, <laughs> can you of ask course, her but- a question about her job, please? <laughs> can you right. can you be he, interested? <laughs> he had no care about what she was doing. And I get it. There's a whole bunch of different complexities to it where he's like, listen, this is your father. Your father passed away. But also she still got to work. She still got to live. You know what I mean? She still got to do what her dreams are. She was at the funeral. I'm sure she wasn't taking calls during the, his burial, but this is the repast. <laughs> It's probably the end of the repass. It's like people scattering, people just hanging out, just asking last minute questions. Y'all ever been to repass? The repass. After a while, you're like, all right. And yes. like, I'm so well, sorry for you, is, baby. You want to go and do some work. <laughs> you're like, get me out of here. I, I do love it because I do think that there's a scene you typically see the gender roles reverse, right? It's usually the man do like getting caught up in the work and the wife comes and is like, what are you doing? Like, can you stop your job for a second and like live in this real human moment? And so it, it was nice to see that. And at, you're right. There's like a lot of truth to it because he did under, he's been undermining her job, even though at that point, I, what we didn't actually get to see was like the fact that like she was doing that job and like whatever hangups he had at the beginning about it it seemed like he realized that the job was important to her and they kind of worked it out like there is a way in which this this marriage was working in in the sense that like it seemed like the compromise the compromises that they were both clearly making constantly were like they were both dedicated to doing that and making it work like and there was something about that 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 uh felt admirable to me like 
and I and I mean literally for both of them, like she didn't really love him, but you know, she found a way, like when he was like, Hey, we agreed that you would like, you know, do the household duties, which sounds horrible, but like he was like, This is the agreement we made, like you gotta figure it out. And then she did. She like she wasn't like F you, like I'm you know, you get to have a job, I get to have a job screw your little meeting she still cared enough to like get the get that dinner ready you know by taking the dinner home from her job which was cool i was like man she like is trying to figure it out and he and obviously like with the raising of the child and different stuff he had figured it out too so there there was like a little agreement that they had but it was never gonna last because it was all based i mean because the the, the relationship was kind of toxic and sometimes in in arranged marriages or in, in marriages that you're just in just to like Make envy. Yeah, you can be cordial with somebody. I don't think you have to be like a complete ass or a complete jerk to somebody to make a, a, a relationship work. But that's like beyond the issue of what the relationship really was. And I think, you know, it, it would it always it sometimes always comes to a head, you know, especially when people right. are going on two different paths. And they were. He was he was okay with being a, a token black guy. Like, let's not over over like let's not overplay that. And for her, that was a problem. And you can right. tell it was a problem when the wife said, oh, yeah, my husband's having an issue with the NAACP. So we're looking to hire a black candidate and him just being so OK with that. You know, I think for her, she was like, I'm not OK with not being able to live my dreams fully and unapologetically and and, and honestly. And I think she was getting to that point o- outside of not telling him about the pregnancy. I think she was really getting to a point of living authentically and Robert was living that life too. He was like, listen, I'm just going to be just out here doing what I need to do without, well, technically he was, he was like succumbing a bit, but he had to learn that that wasn't the way to do it either when he was being paid peanuts because homeboy Dick Brewster was stealing all the money. So it's just like, but I do think as a woman, it's a little disheartening to like hear my husband just take it, like take somebody being like, oh yeah, he's a black guy. He's a token black guy. I'm going to hire him. I, that would be deflating to me too. I would be like, I don't even have respect for you now. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's like, there's a respect thing. And he's like, oh, it's just a million dollars. And that was also really real and true to like yeah. how some black people move in this life. Because it's like, listen, I'm just trying to get to the nugget where some people are just trying to stand by their principle. Um, but you could tell that she just lost her respect for him overall. I mean, she respected the, what he did, the decisions he's made. But I think in that moment, it was kind of like, I'm not attracted to you. I'm sure he ain't getting on that night. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, he ain't getting on. Yeah. Oh, she faked it. <laughs> well, he brought listen, in a million dollars, and they, he- <laughs> they had zero other children, so they clearly were not getting on that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like zero children. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't think she was on the pill or anything. Like, it, it just feels like right. she had yeah. a baby in a few months of the summer and didn't get this yeah. man done in five years. <laughs> He was always working. That was the damn problem. He was always wearing work. He was, he, right. And she was at, and she was like, I'm going to make sure I'm at work too. <laughs> we both tired when we get home. <laughs> He's like, you know you don't have to work. She's like, no, nah, I do though. <laughs> Even when she was a telephone operator, she couldn't say that it was her dream job. She was just like, I need to go. <laughs> but I think it also was the, like, the perfect storm. I think if she was probably with Robert and she made that situation work, she probably wouldn't even been as empowered to do her own thing. I do mm-hmm. think that like it was a perfect storm, the perfect recipe to kind of make this woman who she needed to be in that moment and make everybody kind of, yeah, you true, know, yeah. yeah, so. And, and that's the thing is that she was able to keep stepping into who she wanted to be because she had more power. So, and this is the thing that we don't, I think people don't think about a lot is that when you don't have 
choices or when you're so financially dependent on other people, it's hard to like claim or state what you want. Like you do a li- like you can say a little bit here and there, but at the end of the day, you know, the responsibilities of life usually overtake that. And so when she was able to get this job and like knows that she has her like has her own money, she's not, you know, so many women at that time were like, you know, and some still today, like if you're so like dependent on a man to like literally make money so that you can live, it's like, how can you ever really get to say what you want? Like there, there's, there's not, there's no real freedom in that. Like everything you, there's always that fear of like, well, if this person leaves me, like, what am I going to do? You know? Um, and, and so the fact that she was able to like have her own money and have her own dreams and be able to pursue those dreams, she was able to more and more kind of assert herself to, we get to this point where like, as we've been noting this whole time, like she basically breaks up with him uh, after her dad dies uh so her father passes away and she was just like i can't i can't do this anymore and they have that conversation and you know the what's the guy was the what's her husband's name her other lacy oh yeah lacy and he was like no i really loved you and it's i mean it's sad we never really got to see that um you know i think it's easy for us as viewers to, to maybe be like did he you know but i i think well, I think the decision to 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 decide to be with the woman knowingly, knowing that she had a child with someone else is a, a huge, there's some love in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do think that because he made that decision and she was okay with it and she decided to marry him, I think she felt burdened by that. Um, right. Burdened by she that type like of love. Him. And he probably felt like she, you know, that, sh- that she owed him, <laughs> you know, like, and, and right. as, For sure. as we had seen, but it was sort of, not necessarily lord he was never lording it over her because we never even had well no he did he said it. it at the end when when she went to the concert to go see robert she was on her knees and he was like and i could have had any girl in her yeah, yeah, he made yeah. sure to tell her that and he was like you were pregnant and I, I decided to like so he said that i didn't do it for that reason but i think usually sometimes we make decisions because we truly believe in them right but when it comes to be nasty and you're arguing you start using that shit against people like you <laughs> oh, were yeah, like of well you remember that i did it but you did do it from a place of love and i hate when people say oh don't say something if you don't like don't do something if you can't take it back or whatever but i do think that sometimes when you're angry and you hot that's the button like oh but right. i did this for you and i think you know him and, and, saying and, that at that moment just and that night that he had thought that she was with him or whatever it was right like so she well, was she li- he, she just straight up lied about she literally was like i have to stay at work late and then he found right. out that that's not she that she just went to go see him and she knows that he loves him but that's her baby's <laughs> daddy like like i mean i feel you know, like anybody would be hot come I on now yeah, yeah. i felt bad for sylvie <laughs> But I felt bad for Sylvie because she didn't even get to see him. She didn't even see him. I know. I know. I really liked this this sequence because it was so it was so hard to watch because like it's he kept so looking funny. for her in the darkness. Well, see, <laughs> she now, was can just we talk there? about this because she did. She basically did this before too. When when she had told that you know when they were young and she had told him like. I can't see you anymore. Like that, that kiss was a mistake. We, you know, basically was like, we can't do this. And then goes to a party and this other girl, it was like the same girl, which I think is hilarious. Just keeps being the same woman. The fact that she, when she took (laughs) off her jacket, we, everybody saw what was under the jacket. She was like, I have a surprise for you. And then she put her jacket down so far. Everybody (laughs) saw it. Come on. That was crazy. 
she had this possessive love of like, you know, and she even said like, well, yeah, even though, even though we're not together, it still doesn't make me feel special when you're like getting on someone else. And, <laughs> and the thing is, it's so funny because it's so real. Like, even when you know, like uh, something can't work with someone, you know, like there is that kind of like, yeah, but like you, you had these feelings for me and it feels wrong for you to have them with someone else, even though I'm not in a relationship with you. And I told you we can't be in a relationship. It's but like, listen, you want to be made. Everybody wants to be made feel special, even when they're making not the best decisions. Because she felt special because he sent her a ticket, even though she literally was in a marriage. Um, and she saw him with the, this other girl and she thought something was happening. You know, there's a lot of this like unspoken stuff. And hey, that's real too, like in relationships. It's yeah, so and tough then, when you and watch then when movies, she's there but, with yeah. with um with Lacey, she doesn't she doesn't deny <laughs> what that she went to, you know, she doesn't and she doesn't say that like I didn't even see him. Like she doesn't she just <laughs> it's like right, such so a, the, I'm gonna this, go with so James tough. on that part, I'm gonna go back. She felt like she needed to be honest with the person she was in a relationship with. I'm just gonna say that. She was very honest with him. Yeah, Robert she wasn't honest well, with him. Well, let's let's be fair. She <laughs> lied. She, well, she she's like, lie. now I have to be honest. <laughs> y'all just won't. Y'all just won't let me save Sylvie. I mean, she was honest when she got caught. Listen, she was yeah, she was honest when she got caught. She was. She was honest when she got caught. There's not a lot of people out here that be honest when they got caught. They be backpedaling. They be sitting in line. She was honest when she got caught. Just like when she got pregnant, she was You're honest right. when she Shaggy got pregnant. Shaggy made a whole song Lacey. about it too. <laughs> <laughs> he did it wasn't me but she definitely was like yep yep i went to go see him i mean she never told him about the night that she saw him um when she went to the orchestra and moaning it and yeah, show she... up but like sometimes you yeah. gotta omit information you yeah, think Lacey, didn't didn't you think Lacey was faithful y'all really think y'all that's what i was i wanted to come hmm. on this and i wanted to say do y'all think Lacey's character was a faithful character behind it's the scenes funny. we didn't get to, to like see his colleagues his work environment that's fair I, yeah. I do think he was but i but maybe that's you know who knows you know what i mean that's maybe that's an unfair I don't assumption think robin, listen robin wasn't in patty not taking anything down he wasn't in patty thinking about late i mean what's her name sylvie the entire time i just think it's human nature i do think that he may have a needed little, to. <laughs> robin's a little different <laughs> He can go ahead and do what he wants because he gave her the opportunity and she did not come with him. If he wanted to have some like sympathy sex or whatever, like. Well, I just well, I thought that was interesting. I love that they didn't yeah. bring that in because that would have just been messy anyway. It would just been a messy film. But I do think like, I don't That's know. I, I don't know if I, I think when you're at that point where you're not getting the love that you actually want to have in a relationship, you do tend to find it from other places. I, I agree. I think, I think, and then what she finally did, which is the, the the right thing to do, which is go, Hey, I'm actually, I can't do this anymore. And it's not fair because that's the part that's unfair. The most unfair is that when you do have so much feelings for somebody else, but you still are trying to like, you're still in this commit, like in this committed relationship. It's like, you got to end that then. Like if you know that you, and, and, and she didn't like, I think she did know she knew that she lo- loved Robert, but like, she didn't know that she was going to try to pursue that life. And once she realized, like, I can't stay in this, even if it's even if I don't get Robert, I it's not fair to, like, keep this guy around. because I don't I don't yeah. love him. <laughs> like, I don't love him. And this is never going to this is never really going to work. I mean, I think other people would say there are certain people who are like, no, you stay in a loveless marriage because you made that commitment and you're supposed to honor that for until you die. But, yeah, we live in a world where I think most 
uh, a lot of people are just would like be like, well, no, if if you guys are going to be in in this in this kind of marriage and you don't want to make it work, then like don't then don't like just it's better to it's better to end it. It's tough because they had a kid, and I think you know that's the toughest part about a lot of divorces. You know, is is when children are involved and. And with this one, it's even tougher because like now they eventually and we never we never get this scene and we never know exactly when it was going to happen. But like, I assume at some point they have to tell this kid like, hey, the person yeah. who you thought was your dad is not your dad. And this is your dad because I don't think she knew. Yeah, I thought it was weird when he came around and he, he needed to be introduced as Mr. Robert. Or, right. I was just like, this is bad but you have to ease it in you have to ease it in you can't just be like right. this is your real dad you i don't think that was the scene for that either I, but i do think it was very hard to watch when he first met her for the first time i was like oh this is cringeworthy for sure right it's tough and she's young too it's like so when do you tell her we never know if they did you know what i mean which is fine it's not the point of the movie but it is it was in the back of my mind it was like what are they gonna tell this kid that? like <laughs> that's her real dad especially if he's living with them now you know what i mean like um and that was the other part. We never really got because this movie jumps around a bit. Sometimes we miss little things. I never they decide to like be out, be together. I guess when they're outside the when he comes to her apartment because he hears that she broke up or she got a divorce. But then I feel like we never actually got the scene of like, or maybe I missed it when they were like, okay, we're gonna like be a couple and live together now. Like, were they gonna get married or I, I don't like? Did, I, I didn't know what what they felt like that relationship was at that point. I think she said that she loved him. They were. And I think they did have a conversation right outside the house where they kind of unspokenly said that they would be together and that they would make it work. Um, And then it was multiple conversations that happened outside of the home where he was like, you know, feeling a little down on himself because the jazz, um, the jazz world wasn't being successful, wasn't successful right. anymore. And they had a conversation about still sticking it out, her making it work. And I thought that was very admirable about her. She wasn't like, well, I just was married to a doctor. You need to get it together. She was like, I'm going to support you through this. But and then, he had a little ego and he couldn't really accept that. He like, couldn't that was really little, accept. And then you see his yeah. ego really, you know, go forward to, to the point where he de- decides to then just leave their family high and dry, which was like such <sighs> a like, such a okay. such a terrible move, but I do okay. think they would like unspoken. You were screaming at him. Yeah, I, I think hated this. <laughs> the line that I hated the most is that he said that he wasn't a family man. I was like, "You taking it too far?" Come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like when he said that, I was like, "No, don't say that." Like that was and- the worst line. I mean, it was actually impactful. It actually was like a stab. Like sometimes you got to stab people to get them out your life, but it was really hard to watch. Right. And it was, but okay, so let's just talk about that. Cause he, so he, you know, basically with his jazz career, he, uh, he's not making as much money. We, we, we talk about why it's like, cause he doesn't own the rights to the songs. So he tries to like do his own thing. He go he goes to the producer and he's like, okay, I got all these songs. The producer's like, bro, nobody cares about jazz anymore. I'm not even going to look at them. Like it's done. It's over. Jazz is dead. You and I, and you can't make anything that will convince me that it will be popular. And so he's like, oh, shoot. Obviously, he broke up with the, he left the band because he was like, felt a certain way about Dickie. And, um, and so then he tried to get other members of the band, but they're like, nah, we're, we are doing a gig. And so then he goes to talk to the guy who said he worked at Motown, that he was super, he was like, oh my God, like tight with Barry, which should have, which I, like, even I, I, I don't even know who this person was. 
<laughs> and I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. Like, there's no way this guy is that tight. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no chance that that's true. Like, he's obviously talking himself up. That said, I didn't know. I, I did. I would. I did think that he was a, like at least a musician. I didn't know that he was literally just an errant boy. It was awful. But like, that's terrible. Like, he goes and finds out that this dude was just like just talking out his ass the entire time and he literally can't help him at all uh, really sad but so then his decision is he comes back he sees sylvie really loving her job and instead of coming and being like you know what man like i i wanted to go pursue my dreams it seems like my dreams are dead but you're living your dreams and that's so great we don't have to go to detroit we can just stay here i'll find a job and you can live out your life. He decides that he has to go to Detroit. I, I, I tr- like Sylvie's decision. I don't agree with it, but I understand. I understand where it's coming from. I truly have zero clue why he thought that the only way for her to live her dreams was for him to go to Detroit. I, it doesn't make any sense. I, to me. I don't know why either. <laughs> like it did. Like I didn't. I didn't know why he was like. I still have to. I still have to move to Detroit. It's like why can't you get a job try in New York to find a job here? It's New York City. She, yeah. She, <laughs> like what? Why? You can't find employment here. <laughs> if you're just gonna go get an auto factory job, a job that you don't care about, what? Because I don't. Unless and we didn't get this. Unless it was like. He was like, I still want to try to make it work in Motown. Right. I would understand that. It would it, it would feel horrible. I would be like, man, dude, that sucks. Like, it feels se- it feels a little selfish to me, like, because she was willing to give up her career to come. Like, you're not willing to give up yours. That that feels like that feels that that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? But it wasn't even that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's really the, I mean, it's the it's the true it's the trueness of Mel's ego. The male right. ego is like, oh, self-sabotage, right? It's, honestly, yeah. let's just, just take it out of being males. I think self-sabotage is a thing. It's like, I'm not good enough for this person, so I'm not going... I think his decision was based on him not feeling good enough, um, right. which was different from what Sylvie's position was and when she made her decision. But his was like, I'm not good enough and I don't want to be, you know, the downfall or like not... A, not the man that I know I need to be in this relationship. And I also think a, a part of him was a little like, he always had the fact that this man was a doctor in the back of his head. I feel like when he first found out that he had money, he was like, oh, so he's rich. You know what I mean? So I think there's a level of like ego, self-sabotage is happening that is just not, you know, I, I mean, I didn't love that. I didn't love that scene at all. Yeah, but I, I love ego. that. I love like, that it made it even. probably still holding on to, because like he said, when, when uh, she... When she did, when she, when he finally steps up to her and is like, "My daughter, that's my daughter." He does say the thing of like, "Did you think I couldn't pr- provide for her? you?" You know, and he probably like was just still like, "She thinks I can't provide for." Her. You know? <laughs> still <laughs> yeah, saying right. that over and over in his head. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, as a as a husband who has a wife who makes uh, more money than him, uh, I could just say that it's so silly. <laughs> And also you should be, it's like, it, it's, it's, a, it's actually a burden that's lifted off of you. You know what I mean? Like, in a, in a way, um, especially if it would be different if she was, if she actually did feel those feelings, but it was like a complete cultural thing, like a ego, you know, just the kind of like yeah. this like idea of what masculinity is supposed to be, as opposed to like, look, 
if he never got a job, you know what I mean? That would be a different thing. But like, obviously he was going to work. Like he's a, he's been, he's a working man. Like, you know, he like, it's not like he, and, and then he went and worked at a factory job. Like he would have found some way to, to make money, even if it was never as much as she was making. So it just, and, and at the end of the day, it was just annoying that he literally said nothing. He literally told her zero about what was happening. Like he didn't tell her that there was no job. He didn't tell her, you know, he felt embarrassed. Like he to just didn't speak him, about his feelings. <laughs> to be fair to him, like I was fair to Sylvie. There's some level of embarrassment that people just don't want to deal with. I think he was really sure. embarrassed. I think, you know, it's like you were at this heightened height of your of your life for the last five years and you were not able to actually apply any of that to the love of your life or your child now. And now you're at the tail end of what that was, that that the the, the height of your, your career. And now you're at the end and you're like not even able to do the same thing. I do think that there's a little bit of a huge blow. And so I'll give him a break for that, but I do think that he should have just communicated that because they were at the level, I felt like at that in that relationship, at least for Sylvie, she was expressing like, I'm going to be here for you regardless. Right. And so it's like, maybe he didn't really understand what that meant. I want to say he did talk about his childhood, but I just don't remember what it was. Like, was his mom and his dad and his life? Did he talk about that? I feel like he did mention it like briefly Uh, at some point. And I don't know if he had a true I may be, I may be, I may be. No, I don't, I don't remember. You might, they, I don't remember, to be honest. I, don't I feel remember like he exactly. did mention his family to some degree, like not having, um, well, no, his mom, his mom had died, right? His mom had died. That was a part of his family. That was, his mom had died and he was a self-taught musician. He grew up in Detroit, but it didn't seem like he had, you know, well, I don't think any of them have. This is the 50s. They had all they had was advertising and TV, and all they was talking about was like being a man's man and you being a housewife. Exactly, yeah. And so these people are up against the cultural norms of the society and yes. making decisions based on that, which is very toxic in general. And that's why we're in where we are in 2021, but we're not trying to do those toxic behaviors anymore. So this was a lesson, everybody. Don't be toxic. Don't be a, right. <laughs> don't I do. be a, I you know what I mean? <laughs> don't, don't be one of those masculine men that feel like women can't do anything besides be housewives and women be empowered and do what you need to do. I think that was right. kind of like a lesson in the movie in and of itself. And it was deeper. I loved it. It wasn't like it, it, it wasn't just the, like a tip, like um, a kind of surface level, like don't, you know, don't treat women terribly kind of thing. It was, it was, it was about love too, in a sense of, cause here's the thing. It, it, this is what I wanted to say kind of ultimately about true love or, or, or at least how I feel about it, because I, we get the we get the speech from Mona, her friend, who's like, "You clearly both like love it. you 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 guys have this love that mo- a lot of people don't ever find. You found it like in a summer, basically, and you found this love that like you both were willing to sacrifice, like or you know ma- make these sacrifices for the other person um, because you love that person. You thought it was w- what was best for them, and I get that. And there, to me, that is like that is an antiquated." but like romantic idea of what love is. But I do think ultimately for me, like real love is about vulnerability and neither of them were able to be at at a certain moment in time, were able to be vulnerable enough to, to just express everything that they were feeling to the other person in fear of what might happen because of that, you know, in, in different ways. But like, so for him, like he had, he, he was embarrassed and, you know, he didn't want to ruin her life and like all this different stuff. I get it. But like, ultimately with, with the person that you really love, you gotta be, you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow for the bad thing potentially to happen, 
you know, because you just are like, I'm, I am just going, I'm just going to fully trust you. I'm going to fully put this out there. I'm going to make myself look like, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I, cause at the end of the day, no, none of us fully do, you know what I mean? Like, so there was that, but I, but it's, it, it, I am obviously it's like happy that they do get back together. I don't know what their life is going to be. <laughs> like it ends in this way where you're like, okay, so they're going back to New York, right? Like, I hope they're not staying in Detroit just because this dude's got an auto factory job and she gave up her career or anything. But um, it is nice that they finally were just like, hey, 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 we both love each other. Like, let's stop trying to save the other person and just be with each other. And she says that thing of like, well, what if my life is never going to be happy if you're not in it kind of thing? Because um, that... To me, that felt like the most finally of true love. Like the, the stuff that they did, I get it, but it was it's complicated. There's like baggage with that. It's like it's not just about the other person. It's also about yourself. But that thing of like whatever is going to happen, uh, you know, we're in this together kind of thing. That, you know, anyway. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, but I think vulnerability is a place that you get to as you progress in your relationship. And so it just, right. it's, it's a progression. I think you come in, you come in with your preconceived notions. You come in with trying to save the person when the person doesn't even ask to be saved. You come in with, you know, egos and, you know, by the time you get to where the real, the real stuff happens in a relationship, all the, the, the toxic stuff and all the arguments or disagreements, I think that's when you start to really work through the, the to the point of vulnerability. Because yeah. through those disagreements is when you really learn how somebody truly loves you. Like when you start really failing and, and failing, you know, miserably sometimes in front of people, you know, if that person is badgering to you, then you won't ever get to the place of vulnerability. But if that person continuously embraces you, then you get to that place. And I think that's just kind of what their relationship was, you know, and within the age and just society and issues around like even personal self-love. I think there were some issues there with them in that and then discovering that and what that looks like and being matter of fact about your decisions. I think they all had to get to that place in order to make the best decisions and, and then get to the place of vulnerability, which I think is the most freeing, you know, I think people yeah. forget that vulnerability is such a freeing experience that we just try to hold on to it so much, but I'm like, you're just locking yourself up in the cage and like making your life more stressful, just free right. yourself so that you can actually get to that place quicker. But you know, we're humans. Yeah. We do. This is what we That's do. That's true. true. Human story. Awesome. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to say about Sylvie's love? James said Before he didn't like it. <laughs> James just didn't like it. That's Do it. Do you like it a little more now, James? I hope so. Um, I'm, I have definitely seen some things about the movie that maybe I missed when I first watched it, for sure. For sure. Wow, what a political answer. <laughs> <laughs> You should run I for mean, office. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if James doesn't have anything else to say. I don't. We, I okay, don't. Great. No, no. I don't. I don't have anything. You know, really to say. Great. Um. Um. So, except like, because I was just thinking about this what? while I while I was watching it. Mm -hmm. Um. But just like, is the little things? Is that a good movie? The little, the little things. things? Yeah. Why are you things. thinking about the little things? Yeah. Do you remember that movie? It was on HBO Max. Yeah. I, yeah. We reviewed it a couple of weeks ago. But is that good? 
I'm truly not even dignifying this with an answer. Um, <laughs> I, okay, all right. We um, don't yeah. have to talk about it if yeah, you don't want to. That's just, we that's certainly just won't. Because, you know, because it has I, Denzel Washington in it. I don't like that you're still talking about it, to be honest. And 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 Rami Malek. I would and, really appreciate if you stopped now. Jared Leto's in it, too. Okay, okay I, don't I, we, to you don't have to run down the list okay. of actors in, right. the, in a movie that has nothing to do with Sylvie's love. Okay. It's you're right. It doesn't have anything to do with this. I just wasn't wow, sure if this, it was this is offensive. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road, ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to, to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, His Golden Messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. It's time for the cause. <laughs> we rate and re- review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. Uh, if we feel like a film fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we feel like it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we'll throw up our ratings um, for Sylvie's Love. Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm surprised, James. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I'm so well, shocked. Know, it's, not, it's not about if I liked the movie. I thought you were going to do a white it. palm. I thought you were going to do a white palm. That's what I thought you were going to do. Oh, yeah. No, no. Uh, all of the, I love the acting in this and all of these actors. Every time I see Tone Bellens, I know I've talked about him <laughs> too many times, I think, for for the role he had in this movie. But he, I, every time I see him in something, I get excited. You know, it's like a stand-up who just keeps d- acting and stuff. I love that. And Ron Funches is in this. Okay, I, that was Ron Funches, right? I was trying to yeah, see if it was. Yeah. I was like, that looks like Ron Funches. Is it? He was so um, great. And Bridgerton? How <laughs> uh, <Bridgerton>. did <laughs> get Bridgerton? What? Did they know he was about to be in Bridgerton? And they were like, let's make sure we get him in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they knew he was... <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know if they knew that Bridgerton was going to blow up the way it did. Yeah, but. <laughs> and 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 everybody. MC Light is in this. <laughs> MC Light, I love it, you know. And we already we've been talking about Tessa. Yeah. By the way, can I also say I I didn't say this that uh, in the beginning I kept going like I kept saying to myself, man, that dad that dad sounds exactly like Lance Riddick. It sounds exactly like him. I and then I was like, oh, it is with you. <laughs> The movie in the beginning, I maybe missed missed (laughs) that the beginning was that scene that happens later, but they say everybody's names and who they're playing. (laughs) 
the opening credits. I never, they, listen, I never pay attention to credits. They said Eva Longoria, and I noticed it last night because I was the second time I watched it, and I was just like, why how did I miss that? Like, I wasn't even paying attention. But I that just goes to show people ne- don't really when watch credits pay- are rolling. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm paying, not attention. paying attention at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was cool that they were like, that they said not only who they were, their names, but then who they played. I thought that was like a nice. You but know. it was also like, I think that's what they used to do in those, those that's time old period, school, yeah. those time period yeah. films. Mm-hmm. So it was like a play off that for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's old school. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us on, on the podcast. Uh, can, can people find you? Any, would you like them to find you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes they were like, mm-mm. <laughs> Um, now you put me on the spot and you made me feel like a little bit of a, a, a jerk. So I guess I'll give my socials. So, no, um, no, you don't. You truly no, it's don't. Fine, I don't post anything on Instagram. So that's all y'all finna get. If finna get the Instagram real quick. My Instagram is OMG'd, O-M-G-E-E-D. Um, it's not film related. It's very self-love focused. It's about me. So if you go there, don't go Love looking it. for my film and uh, thoughts and, and things. That's not where I go for that type of stuff. I usually have those conversations in private with Jera and my beautiful <laughs> friend, Rachel, and now with you guys. So it was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, everyone else, you could follow us at, uh, at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and blackmenpodcast.com is our website. You'll find links to our merchandise. We got a defunct Patreon. We have a year's worth of episodes up there if you want to listen. And uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes if you give us uh, five stars. Uh, we will read your review on the air. I'll do that now. This other one's uh, from Virga Members. I love the show. Even when I haven't seen the movie being covered, I like listening to the pod and feeling I'm just overhearing and learning from a conversation between friends. Favorite episode, the one on criminally underrated waves. The discussion about white bots of the month must be had. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Thanks again uh, for listening. uh, And we will see you next week. Peace. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!